Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome back. And we are delighted today. We've got a very special guest with us. We have Elizabeth Powells. Elizabeth is a golf movement coach, a yoga teacher whose mission is to help develop strong, healthy golfers who can play golf for a lifetime. She's appeared in numerous golf publications, also runs her very own successful golf retreat and has over a decade of coaching experience. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you want to get fitter and healthier, then make sure you tag us in, screenshot this and share it on social and share the podcast with somebody else who's looking to improve their, their health over these next few months. Lisbeth, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, happy to, uh, to be on the podcast here. I'm good. Thank you. Um, yeah, excited. Good. Well, it's great to chat. And then we were just saying before we went on air, it's perfect opportunity this time of year after Christmas, January, and with the current situation, a lot of us are, are thinking of ways to improve our health and, and mind and, and body. So this is a good opportunity to, to discuss and share some of the, 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 the work that you do. Um, let's, let's kick off with talking about what is a golf movement coach? What is that? <laughs> and how does this differ from um, a normal trainer? And how have you become a golf movement coach? A little bit of background on you would be fantastic. Yeah, so what I do is I help golfers perform better on the course through optimizing movement. And with that, uh, I use different kind of methods. So it varies from strength and conditioning to different types of yoga, but also correctives, mobility exercises, TPI, FMS, if some are familiar, but also golf specifics such as um, super speed golf training um, and so how I came about it is I was always very passionate about sports and I used to um, be a competitive horse rider then ended up going to a golf lesson with my dad didn't like it at the beginning uh, but luckily my coach he was a it was, a, it was a guy from uh, Iceland and he was just like a Viking, you know, he was strong and fit and that just really, uh, yeah, struck with me because I was already into performance and how to optimize things and the way he approached the game and the way he was already into a little bit of strength training with his elite juniors. Yeah, I was totally into it and so uh, I ended up being um yeah i got so addicted to the game got into a little bit of strength training as well at that time uh, got some setbacks both physically and mentally uh, which dove me even further into um kind of wanting to learn more and wanting to know everything there is to know about how to train the body for both sports and, and performance but also for golf and then decided to uh, to study kinesiology at the university of british columbia in canada i met with jason glass there he's uh he was the head strength and conditioning coach for the golf team and yeah he he became my mentor and from there it all for me everything kind of developed very organically. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do and, and pursue something related to performance and health and um, movement. But yeah, it just all, all 
happened so organically but i i mean of course i had the ups and downs uh, along the journey ended up coaching uh golfers in spain as well uh and now i'm here in holland and amsterdam uh already um yeah on on quite a journey uh with my own business as well so (laughs) so it sounds like some of your your pain from physically and mentally sort of shaped your passion to what you're actually doing now is that fair to say absolutely i i recognize that my own struggles and especially i had more uh shoulder pains that i thought maybe more golfers were struggling with that um and maybe the confidence that i lacked both on and off the course just increased so much from working out doing some strength training and i thought why why isn't everybody doing this and why aren't we applying it out on the course so it was such a drive for me to to help more golfers um with the right amount of exercises with the right type of exercises suited for their goals and situation um and to make it in a way that it was accessible because in the beginning that the kind of training was it was it was something only the professionals were doing and nowadays uh, because that was 10 years ago, but nowadays golf fitness has become so popular both uh, in the online world and offline world. Um, and yeah, the way I see it for, for golf movement, it's about enhancing the body's full capacity and athletic ca- capabilities to be able to create that one-sided explosive rotational power movement, which is the golf swing. And to do that, while being under a lot of mental pressure and that's to be done like intermittently over a period of four hours because we swing, then we walk, then we swing, then we walk and then we do some putting. Um, And then maybe in today's highly competitive field to be, it's preferably done with a much faster swing speed than, you know, the competitor. So um, yeah, that's, uh, so we're coming back yeah the golf movement is yeah it's again going into some golf specific training but as well overall enhancing the body's uh full capacity yeah yeah and i think it's it's interesting because golf has certainly shifted and to the point where over the last few years we we refer to golfers now as athletes whenever we do something with our brand partners they say you've got time with this athlete whereas maybe five years ago, we weren't even really saying that. So it's certainly changed, but I know that the, the golfers listening to this, they don't have to necessarily treat themselves like a tour pro, but there's certain things that they can do, which we'll go through, I'm sure, which can certainly help them feel better, play better. And, uh, and that's a big part of it as well, but they don't have to do the things that all the tour pros do. Um, and I suppose this is your holistic approach. You mentioned your holistic, you talk about this a lot and that holistic approach, can you break that down or is, is this, is this sort of on, off the golf course, health, nutrition? Is, is it everything, if you can elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, of course. And yeah, I, I strongly believe in the body-mind connection. And it's something that I believe in, but it's also backed up by science. And now what I do is I don't just train the body. Uh, I don't just exercise the mind, but we actually implement 
everything that we do out on the course because if we're not able to to use and integrate of what we learn in the gym at home out on the course when we need it the most we lose so much impact and um yeah so the body mind game it's what i call it it's for me the fundamental pillars of all of my training and programming whether that's um one-on-one coaching or my retreat or the online training it's all about optimizing each one of those and also be able to integrate it while we're out on the course so um it's yeah we could go train all the golf uh, all the hip mobility or thoracic mobility in the spine here at home in your in your own gym but if you're not able to know what it why it's important out on the course you just miss so much of the value that it could bring and yeah so that that's what for me is that holistic approach looking at the body the mind and the game and that's through um some specific on-course routines such as what to eat but also stretches breathing techniques um, tpi holistic movement again ranging from strength and conditioning to yoga and some mental um, mindset strategies breathing and yeah Brilliant. I think I, I think it's I think it's it, it's massively important now, isn't it? And as you said, the research is there to back it up. Everything that is done now, really, research is there to back it up a lot more than it was 10, 20 years ago, for sure. And you often talk a lot about how your approach makes golfers feel. So obviously, there's the link between the the physical and the mental, but the how golfers feel is really important to you. Just just go a little bit more into that, if you could, please, Elizabeth. Um. Yeah, because uh, if you're if you're feeling uh, again, if you're optimized your your body, you'll feel more confident about your abilities, and that again on its own raises your golf game to a whole new level. Um, if you feel that you're able to rotate more in the pelvis, for example, or feel that stability from your lower body, which is a big big one that you know, all of these, all my, my athletes and, and players, they shifted so much of their perspective and, um, yeah, integration as well in the game. But yeah, so if they feel more stable in the lower body, they'll also, again, increase some confidence through it. Um, just by these small cues uh, of being able to feel how your body posture is in between shots, not just the moment that you approach your shot, but just literally while you're waiting on the green, uh, while you're teeing up, how you move in between those uh, moments. That's, that plays a huge role on indeed everything that you feel in your body and in turn influences your mind. For sure, for sure. You hear, I think you hear a lot of golfers. I know I've heard Lee Westwood talk about this. You hear Tiger Woods talk about it and the, the influence it gives them in a confidence point of view. But as we all know as golf coaches, creating feels for golfers, and it's, there's some similarities in this, it's quite hard. So how do you get the, the, your clients to, and the golfers that you work with to feed back to you on those feelings? How's, how do you do that? I think the key here is body awareness and body awareness is something that can uh, be improved through yoga, for example. Mm -hmm. 
of course, the, the yoga brings so much of the physical mobility, flexibility, balance uh, improvement as well. But in terms of body awareness, it, it just really enhances when you're into, for example, a yoga posture and you really try to understand where your how your body is aligned, if you can relax a little bit more of the muscles that don't need to be activated, if you can engage a little bit more of the muscles that need to be engaged, you all train that. It's body awareness on its own. I always say it's it's like training your bicep muscles. In the beginning, it's going to be really hard and you really need to focus and you need you really need to be concentrated and you need to do it again and again and again. But then it it really turns into something really big because that's where the feeling comes from. If you have great body awareness, being aware of how your body moves, the muscles that are active, the muscles that are shut down, the way your breathing pattern is at that moment, that just, yeah, that, that's such a huge um, key and benefit in order to understand as well how you move in the swing and what kind of feeling you have during the swing. Sure. You, you mentioned yoga there as well, Elizabeth, and um, I think we're at a time where people are people still, although the fitness is really improving in the, the the awareness and people are training more, I still think there's a lack of maybe knowledge of where to start. I know yoga is a, a, a great, um, I was going to call it a sport, but what would you call it? Yoga is a great practice to do, isn't it? Practice, um, indeed. It's a great practice to do. What are the, what are the benefits for, for somebody listening to this who may be thinking, I I'd, I'd want to start something? I know you're, you're a yoga teacher. What would be the benefits and, and what would you say if they're thinking about taking up yoga? Well, first and foremost, going into the physical aspect because there's also, again, the mindful and the mindset aspect. But physic physically, there is improvement of mobility, of balance, again, that body awareness um, and zooming in on that, there's, you can create more hip mobility. We train the spine to be able to extend and flex and bend to both sides to rotate. And that's a huge, huge importance for the golf swing because that the spine does all of these movements during the swing. So we do that in yoga, but very mindfully. So um, we don't create too much stress on the spine, but we do increase that flexibility. And um, through that, it also alleviates some tension and pain in muscles that uh, are usually quite tensed, uh, for example, in the neck or in the lower back. Um, and yeah, generally you create more space where you once were stuck. That's how yeah. I like to say it. And then again, of course, mentally the advantages are, are numerous, but talking about being more um, uh, and having, having less emotional turbulence Feeling. I know a lot of golfers would like that. <laughs> I think you've <laughs> just signed every golfer up who's listened to this podcast. <laughs> well, and that's the emotional cool thing, you know, the, the, the emotional part of being frustrated or being too high after a birdie and then never coming back to your normal game or not being focused or having too much thoughts. These, whether you're professional, aspiring pro, amateur, or senior golfer, every golfer deals 
with those kind of um, yeah they, they all have to deal with that um, regardless of the age or level sure. so and that's what we learn in uh, through yoga we get a little bit more mindful of that so and again we need to be able to apply it as of course on the course um, but yeah that that's such a huge uh, fantastic thing about yoga it's not just for if you're a professional or if you're not good enough yet at golf you think but uh, it's for everyone and every golfer can can benefit and um, through yoga also you create better breathing patterns because uh, like most people uh, more than 50% of the people they have breathing dysfunction and it comes from an incorrect posture tra traumatic traumatic events or injuries it just develops over time and through bad breathing patterns um i mean you could you could have great nutrition you could lift heavy weights you could swing as fast as you possibly can you can have the best uh swing and have the best techniques but if you're not breathing properly it just uh yeah you're you're not really doing anything effective and so through yoga you we also develop better breathing brilliant i think it's i think it's um it's interesting because i've been doing it a couple of years now and um i think most people have the wrong maybe perception of what yoga is about they just expect that you to be just going to be sitting there and just legs crossed humming or chanting or whatever it might be but there's so many times when i've been doing it and i'm in a certain pose and i'm linking that pose to the golf movement so I'll be in a stretch and I'll be rotating and I'm thinking, God, this is so good for my backswing or this is great for my downswing or my hamstring, whatever it might be. So that helps develop that body awareness that you mentioned when you're going, oh, I can understand what that feels like now. I've got Pierce who's trying to get me to turn more in my backswing. Oh, that makes sense because now I'm feeling that stretch into my right hip or whatever it might be. So I think there's numerous times for me when, when I do it, I'm like, God, this, yeah, this is really good for the golf swing. It really, it really is. Yes. And the good thing about it as well is we're, if you're doing it at home, you're doing it in a safe environment with not a lot of mental pressure on top of it while, while you're trying to create that movement, create that rotation, for example, in your backswing, but you're out on the course or you're on the driving range and you're then at the point where you're pushing a little bit of your of the limits of your body and that increases the chances of injuries so um doing the movements at home mindfully being aware what's happening understanding uh where where there's activation understanding maybe where you can create some more relaxation as well in some of the muscles because you know sometimes there's too much tension you can't even rotate or create that um create that natural backswing that you would love so um doing it at home is such so much better as well because while when you're able to do it at home you can then apply it out on the range or on the course you, you mentioned breathing as well a moment ago what do you see um I know as soon as you, you mentioned breathing, then I started thinking about my breathing. And I think most people, most people listening to this will be thinking about how they're breathing. But what do you see the issues that people have um, in turn when it comes to their breathing? 
they breathe too shallow, too high up uh, in the lungs, so really up in the chest maybe, and breathing through the mouth. Um, and they're not exhaling as much as they're, um, as they're inhaling, so they're inhaling too much. And so what I would always say is breathe low, slow, and through the nose. It's kind of low, slow, through the nose. That's the cueing that I prefer to use to generally come back to a more optimal way of breathing. As well, utilizing the full, you know, utilizing a lot of the diaphragm muscle as well, because the diaphragm muscle is so important for good stability, good rotation in the upper, upper back and your thoracic spine. So maybe extending a little bit of your breath to the sides of the body of the rib cage, not fully to the belly, because that's not what I'm referring to. I'm not referring to kind of belly breathing, like really going down there, but more so to the side of the, of the rib cage. So really trying to visualize when you're breathing in the rib cage expands out to the side. And when you breathe out, the rib cage comes back. So that's a, can be a good exercise to practice while <laughs> you're listening now. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it now. What are you on about? <laughs> cool. I love it. I love it. And I'm also adding to that through the nose. And a good experiment I, I give to my golfers, again, is go and play around and see if you can only breathe through your nose and see what that affects. It's not something you know, that every golfer will benefit from, but it's very good to practice it and to notice again, the signs that come up through it and through just doing the exercise without there being, um, yeah, uh, of course it can help you with results, but just doing the exercise on its own brings so many insights and you learn so much from it from yourself <laughs> and you're able to apply that again to to your course uh strategy i love that i love that and just you, you mentioned about injuries and that's obviously a big thing i think i'm trying to think of the over the last five years when me and i don't think we've had many occasions when me or andy haven't been injured and <laughs> it's not always <laughs> golf related i will say um but what, what are the typical injuries that you see? Yes. So actually most golfers, uh, they stop playing, not because they, they don't like it anymore, but, but because they're in pain, they, they have injuries. And unlike with sports such as tennis or hockey, field hockey or soccer, injuries in golf, they don't happen abruptly. They occur over time again of, because of the repetitive motion of, the golf swing it's one-sided it's it's explosive so it happens really fast and that takes a really big toll especially on the spine so the spine is exposed to both a yeah compressive and shear forces so of the rotation and the bending and the flexing and the extending um, and that doesn't matter which swing method or style you have. The spine, the spine is just exposed to that. That's why um, severe lower back pain is one of the biggest uh, injuries 
golfers uh, golfers experience both from what i what, from what i have seen but also from the research and to give you an idea during the golf swing the spine gets about eight times of body weight of compressive force on it so that's quite intense mm-hmm. um and during a, a typical eight round uh 18 round um uh, 18 round hole uh golfers they they bend down about 40 to 50 times think of picking up the ball teeing up your ball bo- teeing up your uh ball um reading the putt so that's a lot of bending again on the lower back uh add in to that that it's yeah done intermittently so you're not you're warmed up but then you cool down a little bit again um yeah it's 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 quite intense actually more than we are told for sure for sure i think it's because you don't you know you're not physically going to be you know fouled by somebody or anything like that but as you say it's a it's a high impact sport on your body which is done over a long period of time, isn't it? And if you think about someone who just goes and practices down the driving range, if they hit a hundred golf balls, you know, that's, that's a real physical workout, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Especially um, because in the golf culture and it's changing already a little bit, we're told that golf is relaxing, is not <laughs> intensive on the body. I mean, there are a lot of golfers who start to play golf because their physician told them so like, oh, go play golf. It's, it's nice and relaxing and, <laughs> you know, you got to get in some movement and we're not instructed. And again, that's changing, but when we start to play golf, we're not instructed by the teacher to do a dynamic warming up Mm. or to add in some stretches while you're waiting for someone to tee off or while you're waiting on a green for a part three or something. And I think that's why also so many golfers still get injured and, but they can be prevented and that's the good part. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. For sure. For sure. And, and just, just whilst we're talking about limitations, because often the limitations will then cause the injury, I'm sure. What what are the what are the main physical issues that you see that hold golfers back, excluding sort of pain or anything like that, but actual just physical limitations? What do you see? Yes. So the biggest physical limitation is in mobility of the of the hips. So there is no mobility in the hips. The the pelvic um, is is very stiff not a lot of motor control happening in the pelvis. So if I ask golfers to just tilt their pelvis, it's very, it could be very hard to do that movement, to isolate that movement, to be able to know how to isolate that kind of movement and um, not enough strength in the glutes. And the glutes, they're kind of our powerhouse for the golf swing. Uh, so it's not, a, it's not about biceps or you know how much weight you can lift it's really in essence it's important to be able to have good internal and external hip mobility extension and rotation in the upper back have good core stability and I mean what I'm listing now they are also the things that most golfers still struggle with 
course, of course. I mean, me and Andy talk all the time about the importance of the hips in the golf swing. And as you said, if it's the biggest limitation that golfers are having, then it just shows you it's just, that's why, you know, we talk about golf being a very hard sport. You know, it's one of the reasons is that we're just not physically equipped for it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The amount of time that we, we're trying to get somebody to move their hips better um, and we know that they're a little limited in their hips. It's, uh, it's just a common thing, you know, and, and the fact that you're seeing it all the time as well, Elizabeth, it's uh, like you say, it's, um, it's a key area that if that was improved, golfers could see some massive benefit, not only to the golf, but I'm sure just to their, their general movement. Um, just moving on to that, I mean, everybody listening to this, there'll be different ages and, and different abilities and levels. How much time should golfers be thinking about investing in their, in their movement on a weekly basis to, to see some improvement? And does that vary based on their age? It depends and it varies indeed. Um, and it also depends on your overall physical capabilities. If you've had a lot of injuries in the past, depends on your goal. So whether you want to be a professional golfer, if you want to play for, a, for, for money or just want to play for life, it all just varies. But I usually say 50-50. Um, if you spend uh, two hours a week, just very general two hours a week on the range, then two hours a week or, you know, five minutes every day divided over seven days. Um, that's, that's what you want to do. 50, 50, at least if you're doing less, I think then you're setting yourself up for overuse injuries because again, it's, it's, the repetitive motion of one of the one-sided golf swing that is that that does cause a lot of overuse pain injuries but um 50 50 yeah. <laughs> yeah for 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 golfers who are uh into my coaching program of course we go a lot more intensive and uh we go a lot more deeper and we spend a lot more time on the physical part because I mean, they're the golfers who already decided, okay, well, I know my swing is maybe pretty solid. I know I've got some core strategies down, but now it really comes down to optimizing my body, fueling my body the right way with the right type of movements and the right type of exercises suited for my body and for my goals and my situation again because it also depends on uh if you're having a lot of stress uh if you're experiencing um some health issues that that just all yeah makes makes so much of a difference too hi everyone andy here just letting you know about something that we've created just for you MeAndMyGolf.com is our membership platform that we believe is the best resource out there to improve your golf. And one of the questions that we get asked all the time is what's the difference between YouTube and the website? And the main difference being is that sometimes people can get lost in content on YouTube and not really having a clear structure or plan of where to go. So we wanted to create something that was, was really going to help golfers. We've got over a thousand uh, coaching videos on there, but our main thing or main feature on there 
are the coaching plans and we've seen some amazing results from these plans and these are basically carefully designed plans on all areas of the game so you don't have to think or worry about what to do. We tell you exactly what to practice each week and whether you're looking to break a certain score, fix a slice, improve your putting or short game, we have a plan that will suit you. We're even staggered at some of the results that golfers are getting from these as well and we even have a private Facebook group where all of our members go and share experiences and support each other. Real nice place, positive place to be. And we'd love to see you over there and have the chance to help you with your game so make sure you head over to meandmygolf.com and check out your free trial with no obligations to join. Check it out and see if you can find a plan and become a part of this amazing community. I think that the the, the big thing that I've you know, just listening to you just reaffirms this. And I think about how much training that myself and Andy, for instance, have done over the years, you know, 20 years plus of, of working hard physically, whether it be doing what kinds of workouts, you know, all, all very kinds of workouts. The big thing for me is the mental edge it gives me. And I'm, I know it's the same for Andy, you know, we'll talk about it. If we don't train for three or four days, you feel sluggish, you don't feel right. You don't feel like you're on top of things, you know, going out to play golf knowing that you're physically in shape is so much more powerful than going out there with an injury. And I've had a fair few injuries over the last few years. And, you know, the difference when you're on the golf course, when you know that you're fully physically able to move versus being injured is huge. So if you're someone listening to this, who is actually spending the majority of time playing golf in pain or stressing about pain, you know, get yourself sorted uh, physically and then mentally you'll be in such a better place. Sorry, Andy, you were going to say something yeah. just before we jump on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that a lot of golfers are searching for the confidence on the range. And sometimes, you know, they might be working with their coach at certain motions that are quite hard. Well, being able to tie that into a physical program as well could massively increase the confidence, as you say there, Pierce, going to the golf course, feeling more motion and thinking, God, I feel great today. Um, and that then has a knock-on effect on their confidence and, and then their performance as well. The one thing yeah. I was going to ask, actually, Elizabeth, was is there a difference, and what would you say to this, is that let's say somebody's got um, maybe some time issues, they can't dedicate a whole hour to um, you know, a program. What's, what's better, doing two hours a week or breaking it down into smaller chunks? Is there a difference? Is there a negative to doing it like that? Is there a benefit to doing longer sessions? What's your, what's your thought on that? Yes, I mentioned it uh, just before already a little bit, but indeed um, uh, chopping it up in small bits of even five minutes will develop over time so many great results and benefits. And we often think, and that's something also what golfers are held back by is that we often think in too much, too hard, especially in the beginning of the year, uh, which is a good thing to have that kind of motivation, but the body needs time to adapt. The body needs time to get used to new movements if you're new to it and going too hard, too fast, then again, too much, you're risking injury. But then the other side, if we're not applying too much, then you risk adaptability. Mm-hmm. And so if you're stuck in time, the best thing to do is start with five minutes a day at the beginning of the day. Then you prioritize your own movement first before all of the things happen during the day, but you've just 
did five minutes for your own that will translate into your game uh, sooner or later. And from there, once you start to notice the benefits and can then hold up to that habit for a while, because that, that, that's the, um, yeah, that's the important part. If you hold up for it a lot longer, then you'll be able to add more on top of that instead of going really hard on in the beginning for two, three weeks. I mean, I see it happening everywhere, not just in the golf world. Everyone is full on in January, but then mid-January hits and they're hurt, they're uh, tired, life happens, and they'll never get back to their old routine. So in terms of motivation, again, it's better to take the small bits, work smart, and continue that over time and keep having the trust that over time it will translate and your body will pick up on it. And then after those five minutes for, for example, if you do five minutes for three to four weeks, you'll be at the end like, oh, I want to add another five minutes. You'll feel yeah. great. Yeah. And I then... Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Karen. Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, I guarantee anyone listening to this who decides to do five minutes a day, when you start to and you will see the improvements, you will find more time. The amount of, you know, the amount, we always will say that we're very busy and we haven't got time to do things. We, we, fill, we fill our diaries with, hopefully we do anyway, we fill our diary with things that give us, you know, value. And the more that you improve your body and start to feel good as a result, it becomes like a little bit of a drug. It becomes addictive and you're saying, I like this feeling good feeling. I'm, I'm, I'd like to carry on with this. So you definitely will find the time then from there for sure. And, it's- and yeah, it's, it's something um, Rory McRoy actually mentioned last year as well, which I love uh, because he said, I mean, it's then for him, it's on tour, but it's not on the myth of um, falling into the belief that, you have to work harder to get better. It's about working smarter, working, uh, doing things that work for you and not against you, both physically and mentally. So applying those five minutes actually works more for your body than against your body because you give some, your body some time to adapt. And if you're again, new to fitness, new to movement, that's, that's needed. And that's good. That's not something weak, uh, which is something, I used to believe that was, was weak and same with yoga. I used to believe that was not for me, but uh, it's about starting doing it step by step, small bits and trusting that over time that does um, deliver. I like it. I think the key thing there, and I think that's just so, so valuable to everybody listening to that start small, but do something that you feel that you can actually um, maintain in your lifestyle. You know, if you're just going all in too early, that you're not going to be able to maintain in three months time, then you're setting yourself up for failure there. So start small and uh, you know, you should be able to see some results and, and, and maintain it, which is the important thing. We want to play golf. And I think which is one of your passions as well, Elizabeth, we all want golfers to be playing golf for a long time. And we're very lucky that golf is that sport that we can play when we're 80. So um, the very reason I do yoga personally is because when I'm, 60 or 70 i want to be able to move i still want to be able to move good you know so starting the sort of that that that, um good habits now is going to just help us play golf for a lot longer in the sport that we all just really love really love 
and the amount of golfers who turn up to us on the lesson tee and we're trying to get them to turn into their right hip on the backswing and they can't or their thoracic spine's tight or their shoulder mobility's tight and they can't do what we're asking them to do I look at it and go I don't want to be that person I don't want to be able to not turn I don't want to be able to do this so it's it's starting thinking of ahead as well isn't it or sorry not ahead thinking further down the line yes and as well it it um, creates also return of investment of maybe indeed the golf lessons that every golfer invests in maybe the new clubs or golfers are very good at all the latest gadgets or the, the clothing it's, it's, or the trolley or whatever it is. Um, the key and the, the biggest club actually uh, that you need to improve on to be able to have that return of investment in all of those things is the body and the mind. Basically, so, get, your butt, get your butt on the floor and start moving it around. <laughs> absolutely. Moving it well. Uh, and moving it often. Love that, love that. Elizabeth, you've been fantastic with your time. We've still got some more questions. We've got some quick fire questions. As the title suggests, they're not often that quick fire. But let's <laughs> just go through a few of these and see what we've got. We'll have some great pearls in this one as well. So what's the worst advice you hear when it comes to fitness? Oh, I, I, I love <laughs> it because I see it also happening a lot of the time. It's thinking that and believing that goal fitness is about adding rotation to any kind of movement or doing golf swings in the gym or doing golf swings on a BOTU or a Swiss ball. That's the worst, worst possible thing that you could maybe do for your swing. But it is something that's uh, through the online world has become something hip and trendy but it's yeah it's a no it's not goal. very good and it's not very good trying to jump onto a swiss ball is it and trying to balance andy if if you <laughs> want to get injured and break <laughs> and break your neck idiot to do that actually elizabeth to jump on to try and think you could jump and stand on a swiss ball would be quite stupid wouldn't it yeah yeah absolutely but yeah. but again also those uh, i see so many kind of cool it, it's kind of cool and popular the, the weirder kind of the cooler the exercise goldfish like looks the better yeah. people think it is but it's not it's simply going back to simplicity going back to the basics first and foremost i don't know if i mentioned it at the get at the beginning but again with first and foremost optimizing the body's full capability of mobility and stability balance strength and conditioning and then on top of that you add specific golf movements or specific golf specific training love it love it you got to tell the story because i because we can't leave them hanging with yeah them. so basically what happened was we were deciding that we thought it would be a good idea to try and stand on a swiss ball and we'd never done it before we've done a lot of swiss ball exercises <laughs> so we're in the studio at our old place where we used to coach at three hammers and andy goes I reckon if I just jump on it, I'll be, that'll be the best thing to do. So he jumps into the air, feet first onto the Swiss ball. The Swiss ball goes flying into the practice net. He goes flying in the other direction. And you knew it was bad because I wasn't laughing straight away. <laughs> I had to have a quick check to think, has he just literally broke his back? And uh, no, he was all right. I was laughing after a good 10 <laughs> seconds of just making sure he was alive still. And I think you were done for about three months, weren't you? <laughs> oh, it was the worst idea. I don't know. I don't even know what I was thinking. I just, I, I was just maybe thought I was Superman or something. But the Swiss falls there. I'm thinking I could just jump on it and, and, and stand up straight. 
like an idiot, but yeah, then I landed. I, landed. <laughs> I think it was a good job. I landed flat on my back like that. So yeah, I didn't uh, or something, but it was. Uh, oh, uh, uh, these stories. Oh, they get so. Oh. I, I was lucky. The only, I was lucky there. The only unfortunate thing about it is it was not videoed. Because there's, there's no way, if you think about it now, Andy, if, if, if I said to you in the office, I'm going to jump on a Swiss ball, the first thing you're doing is getting your phone out your pocket. <laughs> Come on, you can do it, Pierre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, next question. What one thing would you change about golf? Um, I think the kind of the rigid still etiquette around clothing and sports mindedness i think i think uh, for me personally it feels very it feels too rigid mm-hmm. i mean i i once got told off on a course because of my clothing yeah and uh yeah i mean that to me is like why it's not uh, helping to grow the game, especially for the next generation. And uh, especially now everyone's, um, yeah, the, the, the sport mindedness is slowly happening. There's yeah. more sport minded culture going on. So it's still the rigidness around sure. etiquette and clothing. It's something that, yeah, I personally don't dig. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are uh, changing and moving in that direction now. And it's definitely changed for sure. But you're right. There's still room for improvement for sure. So as a golfer, what's the best advice or tip you have ever had? Uh, that I ever, ever gave? Yeah, that you, you know, that you've received yourself off somebody. So what's the best tip or piece of advice you've ever received off somebody? Mm, good one. Mm. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's about using my feet, Okay. Uh, using my feet on the ground, uh, feeling my feet on the ground firmly planted before I take a swing. That to me is, I, I can remember if someone told me and who told me, but that to me is like my key basic um feeling not a thought mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh yeah that's important to me i like it i love yeah. that one i love yeah. that very good very good definitely gets people in the present which is good mm. absolutely yeah yeah for sure uh favorite snack on the golf course banana there we go simple and when <laughs> would you when would you eat that as well uh, did you have a preference on when you yes. want to eat that Yes, um, I usually recommend like bananas. They're a little bit more, uh, they're higher up in the glycemic index. So they're good in the back nine when you need it the most. In the front nine, they're good as well, but uh, you you'll might feel a little bit sluggish afterwards because of the spike in um, blood sugar levels at the beginning and then coming when those levels come down in the back nine, you don't want that. So just when you feel a little bit tiredness coming up, feeling a little bit sluggish, then it's good to have a banana, but nothing more than uh, nothing, anything related to bars or anything at all. Okay. Can't you just have one banana every hole then? So you don't come off the the high. (laughs) (laughs) 
no, probably best not to do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have one more here for you as well. So what are three truths about golf? Hmm. This is always an interesting one. I love the answers to this. Um, golf to me is a reflection of how you deal with life. It's it's playing around. You can with someone. You can learn so much about them or about yourself. So it's really how you deal with the highs and the lows on the course is something that is a reflection of how you deal with those in real life. Uh, so it's more, that's, I think, more of a philosophy kind of okay. way that I see it. Um, but, yeah, golf is an athletic sport. That's the truth to me. Yes. Uh, and golf, yeah, is is to be enjoyed outside with friends, with people that also enjoy being active and being in nature, enjoy a little bit of competitiveness, but also enjoy that finding a little bit more of stillness or gratitude or are more connected to, or are maybe not intentionally, but they feel connected to, to nature, to, um, movements to um, yeah to the simple things that life and golf have to offer brilliant that's a brilliant very well answered great truths there mm. yeah phenomenal <laughs> yeah brilliant. for sure well Elizabeth look thank you so much for your time today it's been great to have you on and chat and to learn a bit more about you and, and what you do and um, where is the best place uh, actually what's next for you but first of all, what's going on next for you? Um, we've, uh, we've got a golf yoga retreat uh, happening later this year. I've got some exciting projects that are in development right now, both for uh, national and a little bit of international um, uh, partners. So that's really exciting and very uh, a lot of coaching. A lot of coaching going on. That's the season right now where a lot of golfers decide to, to work on their physical capabilities and where I can add more strength and mobility to a lot of my players that need to go out there and play this summer and um, uh, on a really high competitive level, but also on a recreational level. So a lot of coaching and programming. Awesome. So, so where can people go to find out about your retreats, about your online course that you've done? Where's the best place to send them? Yes. Yeah, so if you're uh, for the retreats, it's golfyogaretreat.com, straightforward. For my online training, you can find it at bit.le slash stronggolfer. And if you want to know everything and all of the links, it's up on lpgolfperformance.nl. Perfect. And we'll, we'll put the links into the uh, the description on this. But I know you were going to do a special offer for our listeners, weren't you, as well? 
Yes, so I'd love uh, to give every listener here an extra 15% of discount on top of the New Year's resolution discount sale that's already happening for my online training course. But if you're really interested uh, in one-on-one coaching, just feel free to reach out with whatever your goals or are or what you what you want to achieve maybe a little bit what what you're struggling with um yeah feel free to reach out and i'll be happy to um to answer those questions and help you as well perfect and there was a, is there a code for the uh, discount as well Elizabeth? yes I, for, I forgot to mention you just the code is me and my golf perfect all one all one word is that or is that it's it was that separate words all one word me and my golf perfect if you check out you can get 15 percent off so make sure you go and check that out guys and uh elizabeth yeah thank you so much for your time really appreciate it hopefully we can see you in person in the near future it's uh, (laughs) it's been a while since we saw you at the uh the pga show i think was that the last time well world golf fitness summit Summit, yeah yes i missed that one last year and let's see what's happening uh, for travel this year but um I'm happy, excited that technology is is so good that I'm able to, you know, talk to you guys, have clients uh, from all over the world actually as well. And, you know, that's that's something I'm grateful for and appreciate during times like these. So sure. thank you so much for uh, for having me on. And uh, again, the the mission of growing and creating a strong healthy golf community to uh to have you guys um yeah chat about it too it's uh yeah i'm really happy about it thank you brilliant Pleasure. you're welcome you're welcome super thanks for listening to this episode we hope you found some great value in it and if you did make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend also let us know your feedback by leaving us a rating or review over on itunes and remember if you want to go deeper and really improve your game head over to meandmygolf.com and start your free trial and check out one of the many plans that are seeing incredible results. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to speaking to you next week.